I believe that Phil shared with us a little earlier the large number of wearable sensors and fitness apps in the market. What do you make of it in a sense that what's good about them? What are the limitations? But mostly, are people, is America more fit as a result of all these technologies that people wear around their wrist, around their arms, around their belt sometimes? Are people more fit as a result of these sensors? It's a big question. Do no. we know anything about that? No, they're no. not. No, no question. Why is that? Well, if we look at at least the areas that we primarily are rooted in, which is sports and military, musculoskeletal injuries are drastically higher. Mental health is also higher in terms of diagnoses or symptoms. So we've got a higher injury rate and a lower mental health functioning ability. And we've also got infinitely more technologies and data sources. So we have more data and more problems. Do we know why that is? Do you have an understanding? It's hard to say like, well, I know why, but my theory is that a lot of information, when it doesn't present insights, just causes more anxiety. And we've seen that with, you know, a group we met with in the Air Force. They said they stopped using a tracking sensor, a wearable company that's very, very prominent. They stopped using it because pilots were so obsessed about getting their sleep, it prevented them from getting sleep. So again, if rather than just saying you slept this amount and you need to sleep more, there needs to be, okay, you can only sleep this amount. Here are some tactics that you need to do or some other things unsleeping related to help support and compensate for that lower level of sleep. That are achievable. Yeah. Accessible and realistic. Totally. Yeah. Because if you're, to Jess's point, it got to be realistic. Otherwise, it actually has a net negative effect. Because if you're saying, I slept six hours, you need eight to be optimal. You look at your schedule, you say, I can't sleep eight. So my life is suboptimal. And increasing. Better off without it. That data. It's interesting because, you know, the military, they're evaluating all of these sensor technologies. Why don't they have this data? Why don't they have this understanding? Why is there such a huge range of technologies they're evaluating? Have they not seen these effects? I'd just be interested in understanding the rationalization for doing so. It's a general fallacy of the technology availability will cure the ills of society. Absolutely. I mean, the analogy we use all the time is it would be like someone standing on a scale and assuming that standing on that scale causes you to lose weight. It doesn't work that way, right? Yes. Yes. Information's power. It's important to know where you are to help yeah. form where you could go. But that's what's exciting of this next phase of being able to have enough data sources and points. And we have so many devices that are collecting these things around us. But, you know, did you start turning the lights lower before you went to bed? When's the last time you had caffeine? All these things can help us optimize on an individual basis of what's going to help them get better quality sleep within those six hours that they have. But right now, a lot of these apps are just recommending, you know, 20 general things you can consider 
to <laughs> get better quality sleep. And that's overwhelming and can be detrimental because it's like, oh, well, like, how do I even, I'm not going to do anything. And then they're back to where they were. I believe that is a general fallacy, you know, by providing people access to all the information channel, all the news <laughs> channel, just with a push of a button doesn't make people more informed. There have been a lot of measurement about that, actually, that made people more frustrated, as Phil say, that they are not informed enough, if anything, or give people the illusion of being informed, where actually they are not. And the same thing, I mean, the data about the proliferation of diets, for example, and yet the obesity rate in America keeps growing. Why is that? So it's really something to think about. And when you look at the collective solution that are represented by the three of you, fitness, nutrition, wellness, health, recovery from injury, where do you see the market is going right now? I mean, are we <clears throat> focusing primarily on physical fitness, on something more whole that has many components? Let's call that wellness for now, both emotional and mental and physical. Can you make a prediction to see where the trend is going to be, where people are going to focus more in the future? Anyone want to pick up that dangerous question? I think the focus is currently on the physical aspect okay. of health. But I think we are embarking on the idea of total fitness. I see that it's very immature right now. But I do believe that's where the industry is headed, maybe in another 10 years with prescriptive abilities. So that's my short response to where I think we are and where I think we're going. I think there's an exciting new wave of focus on mental and emotional health and meeting people where they are and making it okay to not feel okay and uh, giving people the individual support they need with different apps that now connect you to mental health professionals, but also these consumer fitness companies like Peloton just created a new series based on mood. Here's a workout to do if you feel sad or if you feel confident, just really just an interesting, you know, with this wave of mental health innovation and investment from the VC community. So it'll be interesting how that the emotional side of making change and focusing on your health moves into every other aspect of health. I wonder if that's not an invitation with a lot of quasi-science and charlatans to enter the market because, you know, if you're sad, eat a zucchini, but if you are angry, eat a pepper. You know, people are going to come up with those ideas. Um, well, in this case, it's still just trying to get you to move. So the positive is no matter how you're feeling, you can still do something and you can still rather than sitting on the couch and, you know, increasing your BMI. So I like that aspect of it. Just do something no matter how you're feeling. Yeah. You know, there's kind of two populations we all represent on the call. One is people that just need to get up and move to Jess's point. And so anything that can help inspire them to do that is helpful. and. Science really isn't necessary there. You know, that's more of marketing. You know, how do you speak to the individual? The other piece, though, is where that kind of messaging can be dangerous is people that are already active. You know, I mentioned the Air Force. Talking with some Air Force pilots, they love Peloton. The challenge becomes if they have low back pain and tight hips from sitting in a compact cockpit, small cockpit all day, if you ask me what's the worst thing you could do, I would explain that it would be getting on a bike 
and riding a bike hard. Because if your back hurts and your hips are tight, you should do zero Peloton, zero biking, you know? And so I think it becomes important too for the science more so on the groups that are already active to direct them into which activities are okay. Because sometimes it gets lumped into the non-active population where anything's good. And the Air Force or athletes might look at it the same way. Well, anything's good. I got on the bike. It's like, well, no, in your case, not. Everything's right. Differentiation. Yeah. That's a very, very insightful remark here, Bill. You're right. Depending on which level you're at and what are your needs, you should have a particular prescription for you and not everything goes. Again, only because it's engaging and only because there is a score in the lower left corner uh, of the screen. That's good. I'm more interested also to continue on something that, Jess, I know you mentioned a couple of times today, but I know it's, it's at the center of the whole value proposition of what your company is doing, is this connection often talked about but seldom implemented of the connection between physical fitness and emotional fitness or even mental fitness. How do we balance that with technology when we don't have a psychotherapist on site in a box or even a, an MD in a box? How do we combine these two? Well, there's an opportunity to combine less of that professional's one-on-one time and more of a lower grade. You don't need an MD to ask if you went for your walk that day or if you followed the diet plan that was specified in your last dietitian session. So it's blending the two, but ultimately we're human and we like to feel that positive reinforcement from others. And we like to know that we're not alone and that if we had a hard day, it's not a reflection of our own worth. And we're still worthy of getting up the next day and investing time in ourselves versus all the other things that we're doing for everyone else around us. It's really difficult for parents. It can feel selfish to do things for themselves when they otherwise could be doing something for their kids. And so feeling like by doing something for themselves, you're actually doing something for someone else can be very motivating. And so I think it's about creating the structure around the prescriptive recommendations to help people follow through, adopt it, and be successful. But can't forget that we're human. We're going to have good days and bad days. You need to be able to maintain your motivation and feel encouraged to keep going because there's going to be plenty of bad days. Jess was (laughs) describing this connection between the physical and the mental for the larger consumer, the population. I wonder if it also applies at the end of the curve, basically, with people that are professional athletes. Yeah, and I actually think more so with trained individuals because they've actually are closer to their physical capacities, you know, to the point where if someone's sleeping seven hours a day and they're very well trained, you know, we often recommend, hey, train one day less a week, take that time and use that to sleep more. And that's a workout in and of itself. Because if the goal of exercise for you is to perform at your job higher, or run faster or lift more weight, if that's part of your job, sleeping plays a role into that just as much as lifting weights. So start changing that mindset of like a singular goal, optimizing better through mood, but also physical. And you can't separate those out. I think the other 
place this comes into play more in the future, if we look ahead, is in the war fighting and athlete community, and at least for a lot of type A males, speaking for myself, no one's raising their hand saying, I don't feel good, like mentally. No one's saying, like, I want help. They should. We all should be doing that more. But physical exercise can be a leading indicator for that mental health. If individuals are exercising less, are less motivated, are performing at a lesser level, that could be a more effective leading indicator than surveys, you know, in groups where they don't want to admit there's a weakness. That's very interesting that we have to pay attention more, as you say, for the professionals than just for the general population because of that reluctance. Do you see that in your world, Angelica, too? With the tough Marines, they think that uh, just going to the gym will fix it as opposed to taking, you know, meditating or taking a break or doing something for their mental health? Yeah, unfortunately, that is how my experience has shown that what's important to them is just kind of that physical aspect of health. But like I said previously, I've seen certain individuals within the Marine advocate for, you know, mental health and other aspects of health, not just the physical training part. So you've got people who are advocating within the military who want to see more of that research and want to see tools that affect advancements in that area and performance in that area for our war fighters. I don't think we're exactly there yet, however. Yes. Maybe that's a population that self-selects, like maybe uh, professional athletes, because for a particular reason. Think about that. 